King of glory, give all the honor, Father. We give all the adoration. Father, our belongs to you, Father. We're standing here, Father, last Sunday of November, my God. In March, when we were here, my God, who knew would, there was no certainty we'd ever get to a point as this one. But Father, as we stand here this morning, our hallelujah belongs to you. Father, you deserve all the adoration. Father, you deserve to be lifted up. Oh, we give all the glory, Father, for your powerful hand that has not been shortened. We honor your King of glory, for we're not standing on our strength. We're standing on your provision. We're standing on your grace, King of glory. We thank you, Father. May those that love the Lord just give God a shout of praise. Give God a shout of welcome. We thank you, Father. Glory to the King. You are all welcome. And shall we just give a round of applause to our praise and worship team. Thank you, praise and worship team, for such a wonderful leading this morning. Saints in the house, saints watching from wherever you are or listening from wherever you are, I take this opportunity to welcome you to today's message. It is always an honor to come and be before you. It's not something that we take lightly, but we stand on the grace that God has given us. Wherever you are, you are standing. Wherever you are, you are sitting on this grace. May you never shift from this grace. For this grace is powerful. This grace does not need me to work at anything. I just need to come before my Father as I am. I come as an imperfect person. I come to a perfect God. Just give God another round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, family. The Talmud message this morning is... One or the other becomes a habit of life. Choose the right habit. I've shortened it. Right habit. The right habit. And I have stolen this from one of many quotations by a lady by the name of Elizabeth Elliot. This woman was a missionary. This woman was an author of many books. She's considered to be one of the most influential women of the 20th century. Christian woman, influential. She's a, she was a public speaker, born in 1926, died at the age of 88. And uh, what was fascinating about this woman is that she lost her husband at the age of 30 to a tribe that didn't want to hear about Christ to a tribe that the husband came to as a missionary. But she did not leave this tribe. She went, came back, learned their language, and came and preached the gospel to them. The same people that had killed their husband. And the quotation says... It is always possible to be thankful for what is given rather than complain about what is not given. Then she goes on to say one or the other becomes a habit of life. In other words, she's saying in life, 
You've got two choices. Either to be thankful for what you've been given or complain about what you've not received. Complain about what you don't have. And whichever one that you choose becomes a habit of life. And I'm here this morning to say, children of God, we sit here on the last month of November. We could either be thankful or we could be complaining that this is not how the year is ending. I've wasted so many months of lockdown. But you could also be thanking God and saying, the fact that you are hearing this message, the fact that you are here, I just want to give God the praise. I just want to give God the honor. I just want to give God the thanksgiving because I'm standing here because of him. And this morning, I just want to encourage us as we continue with life to make the right decision so that that decision eventually becomes a habit. Because child of God, once something becomes a habit, you do it automatically without having to think about it. The choice is yours. You can either be grateful for what you have, or you can complain about what you don't have. Say, I choose to be thankful for what I have. I choose to give glory to God for what is given me because all good and perfect gifts are from above. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm saying, child of God, you can be this morning complaining about how unfair your boss is, how uneven the work is that's been given to you. Or you could be thanking God that, Father, I thank you that I'm on the payroll. You could either be saying, this course that I'm doing is so difficult, this lecturer is impossible. But you could also be lifting up your student card and saying, Father, I thank you that I've got a student card. I'm a registered student. You could either be complaining and saying, my child is unruly. My child does not want to listen to me. Or you could either, or you could be saying, Father, I thank you for my child. I've said it, you could either be saying this year, I want to rewind. But you could also be saying, Father, I thank you for seeing me through this period. It was for such a time as this that you came through for me. And this morning, I am going to be walking a journey with you, walking a journey that the Israelites walked and chosen five examples that demonstrate that whatever you choose eventually becomes a habit. Whatever you choose eventually becomes a habit. Let me just take a step back and go to Timothy, where Paul warns Timothy and says, Timothy, in chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3, uh, and beyond, he says, Timothy, there are coming times 
There are coming days. These will be difficult days, Timothy. These days, people will love themselves and love money, selfie. These days, people will boast about themselves. Look at what I have. Look at what I've done. These days, people will be proud of themselves. And he says, these days, people will be ungrateful. You can choose either to be ungrateful or to be grateful. The choice is yours, child of God. Say, I choose the better habit. I choose the right habit. Paul writes a letter. He's in prison. He writes it to the church of a town. He writes to the Colossians and he says in chapter 3, He's in prison. He says to them, let us be thankful people. He says to them, when we sing songs to God, let us sing those songs with a grateful heart. Glory to him. Let us sing those songs with a grateful heart. Then he says in, in verse 17, he says, whatever you do, whether by action or by words, do it in the name of Jesus Christ and do it with thanksgiving. Whatever you do, do it with thanksgiving. What are you choosing to do, child of God? One or the other becomes a habit. Let me get to my examples. The Israelites have prayed to God, cried to God that he releases them from bondage. And God responds and he releases them and they are released by Pharaoh and God chooses a way. He, my Bible says he chose the long way. Let me just say to you, child of God, sometimes God will make you go the long way for a purpose. Don't complain when God says, I'm taking you the, the, the long way because there's a process Someone says you don't get diamond unless you've exerted heat in it. Hallelujah. He says, he takes them that long way. And as they are walking that long way, they come to the Red Sea. And at the same time, God hardens Pharaoh's heart. So that Pharaoh realizes that I've, I've done a mistake here. I've released these people. Let me go and fetch them. Who are going to be my slaves? So he sends the army. And as they get to the Red Sea, they look back. And uh, they see the army coming. And at that time, they begin to complain to Moses. Moses, what have you done? Why have you brought us here? Why have you brought us here? Have you brought us here to kill us here? Let us find this in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 14, verse 11 to 12. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Were there, were there not uh, enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Did we not tell you this would happen while we're still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. That's better. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. 
child of God, here are people that God has given freedom to, that God has released, but instead of giving thanks to God, instead of rejoicing, instead of thanking God for what God has done, they are complaining and saying, we should have, you should have left us in Egypt. These are people that had seen the hand of God. These are people that had seen and have had tasted the goodness of God. They had seen in the ten plagues, they had seen a situation where God sent flies to, to the entire nation of Egypt, but not fly comes into their dwelling. They had seen God kill livestock, the entire livestock of the Egyptians, but no sickness, no disease touch their livestock and they're here with their livestock they're here with their with, with that evidence instead of saying i've tasted the goodness of god i give glory to him what he did then he's going to do it here what is this red sea what is this army behind me i give thanks to you instead of that they are complaining my bible says for three days there was darkness in egypt but in the house of his nation, there was light. My Bible says there was crying and sorrow in the house of the Egyptians because they had lost their firstborns. But in the house of the nation of God, there was rejoice. And here they are now, children of God. Instead of rejoicing, instead of giving thanks to God and saying, Father, you are going to do it again, they are complaining. I'm saying to you, child of God, you've tasted the, the goodness of God. Whether there's a river or a Red Sea ahead of you and an army behind you, I don't know what those resemble, but I'm saying to you, God is going to do it again. What he did then, God is going to make a way where it may seem like there is no way. God is going to make it happen for you, child of God. Start rejoicing because you've seen, you've tasted the goodness of God. You've tasted the goodness of God. You wouldn't be here had you not tasted the goodness of God. Some of us were writers, but look at us now. Glory to Jesus. You've tasted the goodness of God. You've tasted the goodness of God. Say, I've tasted the goodness of God. I know the goodness of God. They then cross, they've crossed the Red Sea. They are on the other side. And for three days they are walking in the wilderness and they are looking for water and they cannot find water. And suddenly they find an oasis. And when they get to that oasis, oasis they are excited. And when they get there, they find that the water is bitter. And again they start to complain. Moses, what, are, what do you think we are going to drink here? Three days ago they had given glory to, to God. They had joined Moses in singing glory to, to God and saying, God, you are a warrior. God, your right hand father, you lift it up and the earth swallows the enemy. And here they are now faced with bitter water and starting to complain. And not understanding, appreciating that God can still do it again. And 
God says to Moses, Moses, take a stick and throw it in. He took the stick and what was bitter became sweetness. I'm saying to you, child of God, some of you came to an oasis that looked like it was your breakthrough. You got there and what you thought was going to be sweet water was suddenly bitter water. I'm saying to you, instead of complaining, now is the time to rejoice and say, God, I give thanks to you. You can do it again because you've brought me to this oasis for a purpose. I'm saying to you, child of God, the hand of God is reaching out to touch what was bitterness into sweetness. The hand of God is approaching and touching what was an oasis that had bitter water into sweetness. My Bible doesn't say it took days. It says to me, as soon as the stick was thrown in there, the water suddenly became sweet. Glory to Jesus. God is moving into a situation that looked dire, that looked impossible, that looked bitter, that was Mara, and is turning it around. Glory to the King. Say, God has changed my situation. It's your time. It's your moment. Not to complain, but to give thanks to God. You know, sometimes my, my Bible says the Lord led them. So when God led them to the oasis, there was a people's. Stop complaining when God leads you to something that may look like it's bitter because God is going to use it for your own good. Hallelujah. Thirdly, the Lord blesses them with manna. Something that their fathers had never seen before. Something that even after them has never happened. And this is manna that they'd wake up every morning, go out, pick as much as they wanted. And come back and do whatever they wanted with it. God did not ration them. He said, take as much as you want for the day. And we get to Numbers 11, 4 to 6. It says, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said who will give us meat to eat we remember the fish which we ate freely in egypt the cucumbers the melons the leeks the onions the garlics the garlic but now our whole being is dried up there is nothing at all except this manna before us here is God who has made provision for them. They don't know how God has made it, 
My Bible in the book of Psalms says he opened the heaven and he, he, he allowed bread from heaven to come. Bread that was for angels. Gave it to human beings. And when he gave it to human beings, human beings started complaining. And what is interesting here, it's that there were people that were not Israelites that left with them out of Egypt. And these people started complaining and the Israelites joined. Be careful who, who you are joining in your pity party. If there's a pity party, I declare in Jesus' name, step out, shut up, keep quiet, walk away. It's not your party. Your party is to give thanks to God. Your party is to say, Father, I thank you. Your party is to say, Father, you're going to provide. I don't know how. Your party is to thank God and not complain. Oh, God, look at me. That's your party, child of God. And earlier on, if you read the same chapter, chapter 1, 2, 2, they'd complain to God or they'd complain to Moses about hardship. And God heard, and his anger came upon them. And those that were in the outskirts of, outskirts of the camp, God killed them. God heard, his anger was raised. We thank God that all his wrath for us, believers, he pounded it all on Jesus on the cross so that wrath could never come our way as believers. But there is wrath that's coming by a just God to those that still walk a path that is not a path that recognizes Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're in this room today, just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the wrath of God will not come to you. Now, children of God, I'm saying to you, you know, if you read uh, Psalm 78 to uh, verse 26 to 24 to 26, this is where the psalmist explains how this manna was, came about. As I said to you, heavens were opened and bread from heaven came. You know, when you don't know what's gone behind the scene of what you are seeing, it is very easy to complain and not give thanks to God. When a tune on stage suddenly goes south, it's very easy to complain. It's very easy to criticize. When you don't know what happened to that voice from Sunday, when I heard that I'm going to be part of the praise and worship team next Sunday, that voice started preparing. That voice started uh, preparing. And then on Sunday, they just one mistake. When you begin to open the bonnet of certain things, only then will you begin to appreciate. These people just thought it was manna. But the psalmist here, he recognizes it. this was food for angels and here they are saying we've got nothing but this we've got nothing but this instead of thanking God what are you saying that 
Instead of saying, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I give you all the honor. Father, I lift up your name for this. What is it? And I'm saying to you, it is always possible to be thankful for what, you, for what is given rather than complain about what is not given. One or the other becomes a habit of life. Already twice here, the Israelites have made something to become a habit. There is manna, and they are saying, what is this manna? You know, it's interesting. If you read further, the psalmist in 78, uh, verse 18 to 19, he says, whilst God was providing manna for them, saying, go and pick it up, they were saying, can God not lay a table for us? God is providing something for them, but they are saying, no, no, God, maybe you should, we should just lay a table for us. We must just step out of our tents, sit down, come and eat. That's what laying a table means. We don't want to pick up, come back and have to cook, but Lord, can you not lay a table for us? Later on, they are walking, they've actually left uh, wilderness uh, 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 um, sin, and they find them, th themselves camped in an area that does not wat have water. And once again, they start complaining. Once again, they start com complaining. Exodus chapter 17, verse 2 to 3. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me and why are you testing God? They continued to say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? These people have tasted the goodness of God. He has provided sweet water where there was bitter water. He has caused the Red Sea to part. Here they are now faced with a dry situation. Instead of going back to God and saying, Father, we thank you. We do not know how it's going to happen, but you, God, are going to make it because you did it yesterday. You did it the other day. So even today you are going to do it. I just want to give thanks to you, my God. They chose to complain. One or the other becomes a habit of life. One or the other becomes a habit of life. Already three times, instead of giving thanks to God for what is done for them, they are complaining. I'm saying to you, child of God, let us be a people that gives thanks to God. Amen. Let us be a people that gives thanks to God irrespective of their situation. Hallelujah. Because we've tasted his goodness. Can I hear an amen for those who've tasted his goodness and know that he, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Surely. Surely goodness and mercy 
If you go back to Psalm 78 verse 20, they are saying, the psalmist says, as water was gushing out of the rock, something that they had not seen before, already they were saying, can God not provide bread? Can God not provide meat? Instead of being thankful and saying, God, we thank you. What are they saying? Concentrating on what they don't have instead of concentrating on what they have. Very often, child of God, we will miss the miracle of God by focusing on what we don't have instead of focusing on what God is doing for us right now and right here. He was performing a miracle. He was providing manna for them. He was making a rock pour water like a river, something that they had not seen, but they are saying, can God not lay a table for us? Can God not provide bread and meat? Children of God, I'm sharing these examples because this title is very important. You need to choose. You need to decide. Are you going to be a grumpy? Are you going to be a, an unhappy person? Are you going to be a complaining person for what you don't have? Or are you going to give thanks to God for what you have? I may not have a, 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 a limousine or Lamborghini, but I thank God I've got my wheels. Hallelujah. I can go forever. Again, another time they were faced with a situation where they didn't have water. That's a time when Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock. Can I, can I just speak to, to those that are in ministry? Be careful not to listen to complaints of those that you are leading because they may cause you not to see the promised land. I'm talking to you that are in ministry. I'm talking to you that are stewards. It's very possible to hear critics of people, to hear people complaining and start to do things and not get to the promised land. Moses had done everything, everything. But through anger, he ever saw the promised land. Lastly, the fifth one, the Israelites have sent spies to go and spy the promised land. And the spies have come back to say they are giants. And in Numbers 14, verse 1 to 4, the Bible reads, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, 
they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let us choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. This is the saddest moment, children of God. God has guided, God has led them. God has brought them right to the promised land. They are standing in front of the promised land. They have not died in the wilderness. See how they shift. They are saying, before they were saying, would have rather died in Egypt. God protects them in the wilderness. Then they are saying, maybe we should have died in the, prom in the wilderness. They are in the wilderness, they are saying we should have died in Egypt. They, are, they, they have now gone beyond the, prom the, 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 the wilderness. They are now standing at the border of the promised land. They say, no, 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 we were not going to die in there. We should have at least died in the wilderness. God has guided them through the wilderness. These are the same people that joined Moses in Exodus chapter 15, verse 1, from there, thereabout, where Moses sings and says, God is my warrior. God is my protector. God is, is a warrior. He says, he has hauled both horse and rider into the sea. His hand has strength. His right hand is glorious in power. It smashes the enemy. It, raise, it is raised and the earth swallows the enemy. Instead of rejoicing and saying, God, yes, there are giants in there, but I know you, my God. I know you, my God. Children of God, I think it's time we stopped complaining when facing giants and started thanking God for what he's done for us. David faced a giant and because he had tasted the goodness of God, he started recalling the goodness of God. There was a bear you delivered into my hands. I killed it with my bare hands. There was a lion you delivered into my hands. I killed it with my own hands. What is this uncircumcised Philistine here? I'm saying to you, it's about time you started calling things that don't have covenant with God, declaring them that don't have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. So therefore, nothing, nothing shall stand against me. No weapon formed against me shall, shall prosper. It may look like a giant. It may look like the veil of the death, but it is not going to conquer me. Hallelujah. It's not going to destroy me. You know, one of the songs or part of the, the songs that they sang is found in Exodus. Exodus 15 verse 13. They said, with your failing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. 
they've forgotten instead of praising him and saying father those that you've redeemed you guide those that you've redeemed you make sure that they lend to the secret home our secret home is the promised land so we don't care what's before us but you are leading us there am i speaking to someone this morning i said to you last week or the week before speak a prophetic word to your situation that opportunity to give thanks here that opportunity here to speak a prophetic word they chose wouldn't it be better to return let me just say to someone the higher it gets the colder it gets the higher it gets the more difficult it does get to breathe don't despair when God is promoting you when you are getting uncomfortable in a situation it is the time to give thanks to God because something is being birthed something is breaking through so long as it is the comfort zone so long as you are eating manna so long as you are in the wilderness and the cloud is above you and the ball of fire is above you and guiding you but there's a time when God says now I am taking you into an area my Bible says when the, the generation that never got to the promised land got into the promised land manna finished manna ceased because there's going to be a time when certain things that were made for that season are going to stop when God is opening new ground for you I'm declaring to you that don't fear when God starts to open new ground for you. When God starts to break new ground for you. In Jesus' name, break through, move in. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've got two minutes. We are commanded. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will. It's God's will, child of God. I'm not just saying choose, but it's God's will for your life. Give thanks. Jeremiah 30 verse 19 to, to 20. God says, there will be joy and, and songs of thanksgiving. And I will multiply my people, not diminish them. So in other words, when there's a song of thanksgiving, God will multiply. God multiplies. If you read further, it, it says, I will prosper their children. I will establish them. Where did it start? There was a song of thanksgiving. And there was multiplication. I always love to go back to Jehoshaphat. Because... The morning he went into battle, he said, give thanks to God for his mercy endures forever. My Bible says, as he said that, there was ambush on the other side. Glory to Jesus. What song are you singing? Is it a song of thanksgiving? Or is it a song of complaint? Apathate. Ah, connections. 
I can never make it. I was not in the struggle. Let me, let me just say some, something to you. There was a time now let me not go there. But all I, all I wanted to say is that I've seen people who had connections who are not standing today. I've seen people who had the only connection who was God still standing today. I'm saying to you, child of God, your breakthrough is not in who you know in the department, in the SOE. Your, your, your breakthrough is in knowing God and trusting God that God will bring favor where there is no favor. Hallelujah. Let me just, in, in closing, I'm reminded of the ten lepers that Jesus healed. He said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they walked, they were healed. But only one of them returned. And it made me think, why, 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 why did only one return? The fact that that one returned is because he did not have an, an entitlement mentality. He knew he was a foreigner. He knew he was not a Jew. Therefore, the favor that he got was not an entitlement. The other nine were Jews. So maybe they thought it was their entitlement. They thought it was worth it for them. So he came back because he knew he was not entitled. So I'm going to always give thanks to God because I know I'm not entitled to what I'm receiving. Whatever it is, I know I don't deserve it. Whatever it is, I know that it is not worth it. I'm not worthy of it. That is why Jesus says, where are the other nine? I see this foreigner. This foreigner humbled himself and said, as I walked, I was healed. And I remember who healed me. And instead of carrying on, he turned back and came back and praised God. He came back and gave thanks to God. Child of God, it is possible that the others did not come back because they thought their healing was because of them. As they, my Bible says, as they walked, they were healed. So they may have thought that they are healed because they walked. Some of you are sitting somewhere and giving glory to ourselves. And thinking it is us. But a word was spoken. Go back to the mouth of that word. And say thank you Papa. Thank you God. Thank you Lord. And don't. Be like the others. 
that looked at it and said, it is, it is my doing. It is my doing. My Bible says, he gives more grace to the humble. He gives more grace to the humble. That is why Jesus says to him, your faith has healed you. Your faith, in fact, the Bible says, your faith has made you well. The others were healed, but the one that came back to say thank you, more was given to him. He was made well. In other words, his soul, maybe his sins were forgiven, but those others were only healed in the body, but their soul was still crying. He said, your faith, he came back and gave thanks. It made me think and conclude that sometimes we think that when God answers our prayers, he just forgets. God sees what is done for you. That's why Jesus says, were there not ten of you healed? I was not there on the journey, but were there not ten that were healed? Children of God, those guys, those nine could have chosen or chose that after showing themselves to the priests, they must go and show themselves to the family. Do you know that very often, and they've then forgot to come back, do you know that very often when we don't make God our priority, when things happen, we are quick to go and show off instead of first coming and giving thanks to God before we go and show off. We are quick to say, look at what I have. I'm in Paris, I'm wherever. Look, look at where I am now. That is why the Bible says, give the first fruit to the Lord. Appreciate, give thanks to God. Abraham went and conquered and he came back with the spoils and he gave a, a, a tenth to the high priest thanking God for what had happened. I'm saying to you, child of God, Psalm 107, verse 1 to 3, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. Hallelujah. Because his faithfulness lasts forever. Give thanks to God for his goodness. Give thanks to God for his faithfulness. If you read further, he says, this is, that's what those who are redeemed by the Lord say. Woo. Are you redeemed by the Lord? Are you redeemed by the Lord? No, are you redeemed by the Lord, church? Hallelujah. Redemption means that someone paid the price for you. Did someone pay the price for you? Therefore, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. Give glory to him. Thank him, children of God. He says, they cried out in their distress, and God saved them from their desperate circumstances if you read that whole psalm one of them says he rescued the lost those who were lost in the desert they were hungry 
They did not know where to go. That's me, child of God. That's why I will give thanks to God. I was lost sometime, but Christ found me and brought me home. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So I will, I will rejoice. I will give thanks to him because eternity is my destination. He says, let those who are chained, let those who are in prison, I don't know what shackles held you, but you've been released. You are now free in Jesus' name. Give thanks to him. Let those who are in distress, those that cried out to God, and he delivered them, let them give thanks. He says there were those that were facing the gate of death. Sickness had engulfed them. But he sent a word and healed them. Let those who are healed give thanks to the Lord. I don't know what healing you may have needed, but God has healed you. It's time to give thanks to him. It's time to say, Father, I thank you for what you did for me. He says, there were those that were in fierce storm. The waves were so high, but God spoke a word. And the storm calmed down. They had lost hope. And he led them to the harbor. Safely to the harbor. Child of God, I don't know what storms you've been through. But it's really time to give thanks to God. It's really time we started choosing the right habit. Of giving thanks. Of giving glory to him. Because when I give thanks, I appreciate that it's not an entitlement. Let me just ask this question. <laughs> Many of us have lent money to people. Or many of us have done deeds, good deeds to people. How many of those people that never said thank you have come back to ask for more? Hardly any. Because when I stopped saying thank you indirectly, I'm saying I'm shutting my door to coming back again. Yes, you can take God for granted that, you know, you'll, you'll always be, be there for me. I'll always come back. But I'm just using a very simple example. If I give someone something and that person does not say th thank you, that person even themselves know that I've messed up here. I may not get any, anything more from that person. You know, I've always joked to say, if someone does not return what they borrowed from, from you, it is just eliminating the number of people that come to you to borrow. That person will never come, come back to you. No matter how desperate he is, you'll remember I owe that guy 1,000 rands. That is why I had the story the, the, the other day of someone who was sitting at a restaurant having a nice meal there. I don't know what, what uh, restaurant it was. It was the most expensive res restaurant. He takes a selfie and send, sends it out and someone says, don't forget you owe me money. 
don't forget you you owe me money children of God I, I just think I'd like us to to close and just find five things that we can truly be thankful to God for this morning in 2020 and just give thanks to to him five things you can there's there's more but let's just find five things that we can be thankful to God on the back of this message Heavenly Father yeah are your children my God coming before you and just wanting to say thank you father they don't they don't they don't want to be the nine that never came back my God to, to say thank you father they are now speaking to you from the depth of their hearts oh dear God and just saying thank you Heavenly Father whatever it is that you've done for them father they are saying thank you they are not complaining they are appreciating what they have